Our guests are online. Michael Maxworthy, Ray Thomas and Chris Roots. I might say hello firstly to Michael Maxworthy who... Well, it was going to be a part of that coverage on Saturday. We'll no doubt be a part of the coverage when it comes to Thursday on Sky Thoroughbred Central, but it was a strange old day there in Bundle. Hello, Maxie. Yes, uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, fellas. It, it was um, to wake up to the news that the track, you know, was sort of approaching heavy. I think it was a, a seven, the first, uh, um, the first rating that was given, and then there were further showers and um, just disappointing for all concerned, but at the end of the day, the correct result um, to uh, c- cancel the last eight races and transfer them to Thursday, I feel. I just hope that the weather picks up a little bit. It's overcast at Bundle at the moment, Dave, but um, the forecast is looking pretty good, in particular on Wednesday, mostly sunny, and Thursday, mostly sunny as well. Joining us uh, as well is, I think, uh, Ray Thomas, who's not too far away. Uh, Ray, hello to you, mate. Yeah, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Maxie and Chris, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, the, um, I was at Rose Hill. Good meeting there at Rose Hill, but obviously all the news was coming out of the Gold Coast, and um, yeah, I think Maxie's 100% right. The When horse and rider safety is at risk, then there was a no-brainer in terms of having to postpone the meeting, and as Maxie said, let's hope for some good weather the rest of this week, and so come Thursday, we get a good track, and we can run what's And Chris Roots, who was on the Gold Coast, is also joining us. Chris, uh, we've just heard them from Michael and Ray, and well, I'm sure you're in the same boat, mate. It was a, a very, very strange day across the country, wasn't it, on Saturday? Yeah, tumbleweeds and ra- and light rain, and we don't we lose what t- eight to ten races. So, wasn't the best day for for racing racing as a whole. We we want to see these big days run on good tracks and things like that. Let's just. Let's just step back from a minute and think. Next year, the Gold Coast track is going to be a thousand percent better than what it, what it, what it was for that meeting. That meeting was basically going to be con- on a semi-construction site because they've already started the the work to rip up the track. So the track was there for one day, and that was Magic Millions Day. And unfortunately, we didn't get through it. There was there's there's a lot of theories and um, opinions out there what what went on. All I know is every time Navesh Randani has been told how to prepare a track by an outside influence, um, you you get something go something goes wrong. In in this in this instance, we don't know what that outside influence or who that outside influence was, but I would think that Navesh he was a he was devastated that on on the biggest day he had so far at the Gold Coast, he didn't have a track that was going to hold up and. I walked up after the first first race with him and walked up to the 300 metre mark and we're just having a chat in it. And he, and the grass, there was plenty of grass on there, but it was obvious that it was tearing out and it was obvious that the meeting was probably going to have to, have to be, um, run on a different day. Well, that's a beautiful segue because uh, he's been good enough to join us this morning to kickstart. And I wanted to get Navesh on the program, not only because he's always been good with his time at Sky Sports Radio, but like anything, uh, and especially in the racing game, um, obviously, everyone wants to throw their two cents in and and have it, to, you know, their their own opinion uh, be voiced, whether it be by social media or via uh, other outlets. And I thought, well, why not go to the source, the actual bloke who is there every day with his team, looking at this service. Navesh, thanks for coming on Punters Postmortem this morning. Good morning, Dave. You've got uh, Michael Maxworthy, Ray Thomas, and Chris Roots, and I'm sure they will ask you a question. I, I just want to take you back to. 
the morning, the morning of. Uh, it's it's five o'clock, it's six o'clock in the morning there in Queensland. Tell us about how um, that morning unfolded for you and, and obviously what was going through your mind. Yeah, look, we uh, assessed the track. There was obviously that wet patch at the 350, which, uh, you know, we, we identified that it was there. So we pushed the rail out. That was a decision we made with uh, our CEO and the stewards that we'll get it, you know, take it out of place so it's not going to be an issue for the day. It was, uh, yeah, as you said, uh, a bit strange having to move the rail out a metre, but we we had to deal with that. So that's what we did. Um, leading into the day, obviously it was a good week last week, and I had to prepare the track that was you know, going to be uh, better than the week before because there was, as you, uh, you would have heard, a lot of... Um, comments about it being a bit firm so I irrigated the track on the Friday I only gave it four miles it wasn't a lot of irrigation you know compared to what we would normally put in in the week or the days leading up to the race meeting uh, I was mindful that there was a possible shower the forecast all the way through on multiple sites that there was a 25% chance of less than one mole uh, 50% chance of zero and 75% chance of zero. So there was not a there was not a lot of rain forecast, and there was a breeze up to 25 k's an hour coming in from the southeast, which was very similar to the week before. Um, so I set the track up to have a, little, a, a light drizzle in the morning, but with drying conditions through the day. And what we do know is that this track does dry out pretty quickly if we have no rain. The worst case scenario eventuated when the rain started at about one o'clock in the morning. And um, I was out pretty early. Uh, it was about 2.30. I had a look and uh, looking out towards the ocean, it was clearing up. So I thought that was that was it for the showers. Uh, but then it just kept raining all morning. And even though it wasn't like the, the rainfall totals, by the time we got to 2.30 was around 13 mils of rain. And that may not sound like a lot of rain, but when when you look at the way that rain fell, it was a very soft soaking rain. And and it does, when the, it rains heavy, it gets through the profile very quickly. But when it's soft and soaking, it just sits on the surface. And that, that's what causes the problem is the, the slipping happens when those light showers sit on the surface and, and, and it just makes the, the top wet. And, and that's what we saw. They, the divots weren't very deep. It's just that it was creating slipping, and that's what the jockeys were, were saying, was there was obviously visibility from the showers, but also uh, with that surface being wet, there was there was slipping, and, and, and that's really what the problem was. Mm. We've yeah, got... Navesh, the other, the other concern, like the last six months or so, we're dealing with a, a track that is extremely tired, and we know that it's um, going to be brand new in, you know, within the next year, but it, it's, it's had its time. We've got that, um, that track, the training track on the outside fence, and when it does get um, showery, the jockeys want to get away from the rails. So we're, we're dealing with something that has been volatile, hasn't it? Nothing can really go wrong, and that, that's been the challenge with this track of the last six months or so. Yeah, look, and that's why we we took a couple of meetings to Bow Desert on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Yeah, the grass cover 
when you when you look at the, the actual track itself, it it's got an amazing cover of grass. It's in it's in great condition. There's there's good grass cover across. It's it's just that as we know, it's it's an old track and it doesn't cope really well with rain on race day. And, and to be honest, you know most sandy loam tracks, when you have soft soaking rain like that, it doesn't take a lot to to wet the top. And we're seeing that not just at this track, but at multiple venues where. You, you get that soft rain on race day and it, it does it does get wet very quickly and, and that's what we saw on Saturday. Chris, Ray, any questions for Navesh while we have him? Well, N- Navesh, if I could just ask, um, good morning Navesh, but the issue on the home turn that um, prior, um, uh, you had to move the rail out um, very early on race morning, why was that the case, Navesh? Yeah, look, I, I, I honestly, I don't know 100% why exactly that wet patch was there. It was, it, it, you know, I could only say that when we uh, irrigated, it might have hit the rail and dropped down. Um, but that's, you know, I'm still trying to uncover exactly what the root cause of that problem is. But we, we did have that patch there. We had to deal with it. And we proactively looked at moving the rail out of and take it out of play. Mm. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, ultimately, it, it came down to the the rainfall on the day and, and that type of rainfall. That's what really yeah. caused us the problem. Navesh, and I understand you couldn't take the rail out any further because it would have affected field sizes and and that would have meant losing runners out of the Magic Millions Classic? Uh, look, the, the location of it didn't really affect the, the field size. It just was uh, that I didn't want to go out further than that because we still needed room for the horses, the, the field to come around the turn. So now I thought we uh, we had moved it out enough to get away from the the, the worst area and it would, would still have enough room to fit the field coming around the turn. And how's that area recovered so far, Navesh? Is it, um, is it showing, so, will the rail be in the same position on, on Thursday or will we be able to go back into a true? Yeah, no, look, it's, uh, so, so the rail position will be exactly what we had for Saturday, one metre from the 950 to the 350. I walked the track a couple of times yesterday. I walked it this morning. Uh, it certainly improved. I've raced with the track a heavy eight. Uh, there's some light showers around the Gold Coast region at the moment. It's overcast. Uh, we've missed, we've just had a few light drizzles, but nothing major. And looking down south, it seems to be improving. So today and tomorrow, there's possible showers in the morning. Uh, Wednesday looks a good day up to 28, and Thursday is a good day, sunny day and 29. So, you know, the track will improve. It improves very quickly. You saw the week leading into the wave day. We had 16 moles of rain on the Thursday night, into, sorry, on the Wednesday night into Thursday. And we had six and a half moles Thursday night into Friday. We had a good day Friday and Saturday, and the track improved from the Top seven on the Friday morning to a good four on mm. Saturday morning and got you a good three for the races with, with a sunny day and the breeze from the south. So it does dra- drive very quickly. It just, just didn't need the rain on the day. Navesh, I appreciate you coming on uh, this morning, obviously, uh, with that information and detail out there. Uh, before I, I let you go, um, how are you uh, in general? Because um, I wanted to ask that because... Everyone, as I said, wants to have their two cents, and you've come on and explained very well. You didn't even need to come on this morning, quite frankly, but um, are you okay? Yeah, look, uh, 
I can understand people's, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was a massive, it was a massive day. It was a massive decision. It was a lot of it was, you know, I had some control, but at the end of the day, the weather, you know, it, it had the final say on the day and how, how things uh, ended up. But people are going to have opinions, and, and, and that's just the way the modern world is. So, uh, you know, I have to deal with that. I'm, I'm fine. Uh, and I'll just focus now on delivering the best day I can on Thursday, and then we'll deliver the best track we can when we reconstruct it and come back in 2024. Right, just one more for Navesh before we go back. Yep. Can you just explain, Navesh, what the difference between the track now and the track in 12 months' time will be and with the cambers and how things things will be will change and how 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 bigger bigger um, difference there is between an old tyre track and a brand new modern track? Yeah, so so essentially the, the new tracks, we're going to fundamentally have the same profile. The, the, as I said about its drying powers, the track dries out really well. It's just rain on race days. So to, to counter that, we're going to reshape the existing track. We're going to camber it from the inside out so it's, it's got a, a good camber all the way around. Um, and we're going to add drainage to it, and we're going to add a new irrigation system, and we're going to re-turf it. Uh, so that's the extent of the work, and that that will go a long way to create an enhanced surface. It's going to be 25 meters uh, across, so it's going to be a, a beautiful big surface when it's done, and it will be able to handle days like, yes, uh, Saturday, uh, with that uh, enhanced drainage system in it. Thanks for coming on, Navesh. Appreciate it, mate. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. All right, Navesh Ramdani there on Punners Post Mortem. As I said, um, I think that's uh, pretty good of Navesh to join us. He could have said no. Uh, a lot been, uh, lots been said and lots been doing, but he came on and, and spoke with us. So let's talk some racing, and we'll take your calls as well on thirteen fifty three uh, fifty three. And um, I guess uh, just before we get to sort of the racing that was looking ahead, obviously we'll have that meeting on. Now Thursday, and Maxi, are you um, all that form and preparation? I guess you did for this meeting. Is that now out the window, and are you looking elsewhere in the form guide at, at other runners, or are you going to stick solid uh, with what you were sort of thinking last week? No, there's got to be a change. When I went to bed on Friday night, I, I still had my form for a good three to a four, um, so I've got to totally change things. And the, the issue with a couple of the horses, like there's been a lot of pre-post betting, hasn't there, on the meeting. And a horse like Russian Conquest, for example, is hopeless on heavy ground. Um, and she was to run favourite in the Magic Midian's Guineas. And Duff was telling me on Saturday he's got a share in King of Sparta. And although it looks like he's got a bit of soft form, they don't want it any worse than a six for him. And it, like he was odds-on favourite at one point. So... I think it's, um, we're going to have to totally look at it again. It's good that Navesh says that the track is probably an eight now, improving all the time. Um, and positioning of the rail, it's going to be one metre from the 950 to the 350 and then through the remainder. And Dave, they have altered the program, the order of races. We kick off at 1.20 Queensland time, but race three is going to be the feature, the third on the car, the two-year-old classic at 2.37 Queensland time. And race four is going to be the three-year-old Magic Millions Guineas. 
Okay, beautiful. Uh, now, jumping into uh, Sydney, and I'll come to you here, Ray, because there was plenty of discussion about this, and there has been on the text line, uh, in regards to performances of the day, and I guess Spacewalk. Um, there be a lot of punters out there that, uh, you know, parted with their cash, hoping to get a result, and... He just wanted to do things a little bit wrong, didn't he? Sort of over raced a little bit and then darted up yeah. the inside and missed the run. And yeah, it wasn't, wasn't a pretty watch, was it? Yeah, he's um, done that a few times now. He has been gelded since his spring program, but he's still a work in progress, as they say, Dave. And he was a, a lengthy entry, I've got to say, in the stewards' report um, at the end of the day as well. But just talking to Tyler Schiller and indeed his evidence to the stewards is that. When he did go back to the inside on Spacewalk to try and get that clear run underneath Midwest and Maria Mia, he actually sprinted quickly as he can do, but in that last 50 metres he just peaked on his run. He was first up, um, but again, he's a horse that we often find excuses for in defeat, that he's been costly again, Dave. He certainly has. Uh, you were you were watching Chris from the Gold Coast, and yeah, just sort of once you they'd gone what 400, 500 metres, you knew you were in a bit of strife. Yeah, I think um, when they steadied, and it seemed to me watching watching from the Gold Coast that um, Dehorn Unicorn and Spacewalk Tyler on Spacewalk, they started playing jockeys a bit because they they thought they were the two big chances in the race, and instead of riding a race that sort of would would suit both their horses they they got a bit more concerned about each other there for a couple of hundred meters and you know dehorn unicorn ended up three back three out on on the back of the stable mate but then they pulled up in front and both horses got um over racing just a t- fraction and it sort of was very evident before the, you got to the turn that they were going to have their work cut out to cut to pick up the leaders midwest and Midwest and Maria Mayer, which was which was really good three wide with no cover, but he she was just able to flow into the race where the other two had to had to pick and find runs, and that was probably the difference there. There and she's a nice horse. You, Joe's talking about um, going to stakes races with her, and I I don't think we should discount her, her victory because it was it was one of a very very nice horse first up, and I think we'll be seeing her in the mares races come the next couple of months. Yeah, very much so. Uh, also, as we stay in Sydney, Dalalat uh, was a, a good performance, wasn't it? Uh, finally just drawing that gate. And what a day for Nathan Dahl, who we'll come back and mention in a moment, Maxie, that um, rush hour winning uh, the debut. But um, Ray, Dalalat, too good. And Darren Flindell gets to call home his own horse. <laughs> he did, and it's a great call as always from Darren. I think his line as Dalalat crossed the line was, it's big D's day today, and... Uh, it, he was well backed. It was amazing, wasn't it? Um, I'll go to Chris here. Midweek, he opened at $17 down lap in a race where he did appear suited in terms of the pressure and the tempo, and he would get home. I know he's one of those horses who needs luck in running because he gets back in the field, but it was a lovely deal on Gibbons' ride. This young man can ride, and Dalat put a space on his rivals late, and, and it was interesting you talk about social media David's got its pros and cons, but yesterday we saw a, a really nice little entry from Doyle Racing saying that they want the great man Darren Fendell to do a pep talk with Dalalat prior to his race from now on, and that did get did the rounds on social media on Saturday. Darren went down to just see his horse, and maybe that's the key, Chris. Yeah, one of the joys of horse ownership, isn't it, that you mm. can go down there, you can talk to them, you can tell them what to do, but 
<laughs> like children and animals, they don't often listen. So, um, but um, he certainly listened on the on the weekend, the big D. And um, when 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 he got to the position, he did, and you, you could see he was travelling. You knew that was mm. going to be a lot lot left to give. And seventeen dollars to four dollars is a is a big go in anyone's money. And I think a couple of the owners really cashed in on the weekend. And. and- and Quinella's the race too, Nathan Dahl and, and yep. Maxie. Uh, Rush Hour was very good in that debut race. Of course, the, the second race that uh, was run and, and won there at the Gold Coast. And a bit of an interesting story. Calibre Racing involved uh, with this. They're obviously a syndicator uh, company. Uh, met the boys and girls from Calibre up there, obviously, with Nathan. That's the first uh, yearling they have bought and syndicated out. They're mad. They're from based in Cronulla, and, and hence the colours, the blue, the white, and the black. So that's where the, uh, they get the colours set from. But um, that was great to see, uh, and a gr- great opportunity for Nathan to, to showcase his talents on a big stage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's a nice horse, Rush Hour. He's, he's a, a colt by Russian Revolution. I must admit to being a bit surprised at the, the price that he started at $8.50, given that Nathan sort of showed his hand with him, which they had to with these two-year-olds. They had to basically win a trial to get in, but these two trials were terrific. Um, and the runner-up was a little bit unlucky getting... When he jumped out of the gates, he took one straight out of the gates. The horse on his outside shifted in, and the horse inside him shifted out, so... He was the meat in the sandwich, but I think Putters uh, got off on a winning note on Saturday with the uh, opening race going to Ezekiel, who was the well-backed favourite. Again, another young trainer in Cody Morgan for um, Australian Bloodstock. So, and, and there was a stack of people in the mounting yard after Ezekiel won the first. And then we had um, you know, the story of this emerging trainer, Nathan Doyle. He's in his early 30s. He had that Cornetta at Randwick. These are two young trainers that, um, you know, had pretty much worldwide recognition there at the Gold Coast on Saturday, something that they probably need to, to keep them going forward and, and be given opportunities by some of the breeders. What was the feedback, too, uh, leading into uh, this particular race, this debut race? I mean, it was getting a lot of attention, Maxie, wasn't it? But do you think they'll tinker with it for next year? I think they will. Um, they've got to stipulate, you know, uh, the qualifying trials, whether they've got to be metropolitan you know, they don't have barrier trials as such, or they don't have many of them, do they? In, in Melbourne, they mainly have jump outs. So I think it's a great concept, half a million dollars. And when Rush Hour won, I mean, the, the owners, uh, the joy was just incredible for them to get a big return. Half a million dollars was the purse. And uh, I've, I've had a bit of fun, Dave, doing the form, watching these babies, you know, qualify, trying to win. And I think the form worked out pretty well with the top two in the market running one, two there. Speaking of the uh, the two-year-olds, I'll come to you here, Chris, and then I'll get a comment from you, Ray. Um, the uh, Steel City, we were meant to see line up uh, um, in that, uh, that debut race and obviously uh, didn't make the field. It was an emergency. So then we saw him uh, him line up uh, Steel City in regards to, or saw she, I should say, uh, line up in Sydney. And uh, Johnny Allen comes to town, but Red Resistance and Brett Preble. Uh, he starts the account on a Metro day on a Saturday in, in fine fashion. Chris. Yeah, and it was one of those ones where I think getting the rail and getting in front was a big, a big advantage for Red Resistance. Watching, watching from afar, of course. But um, Brett Preble, I think, he, I think he's going to be a, a good um, addition to the Sydney Jockeys ranks. It's, um, it's going to keep everyone honest. He, he had a double there on the weekend, and he's only just starting, so we'll, we'll see a lot. With 
rush hour, when all the drama was going on after the first race and the the 45 minutes where they were discussing whether they'd go ahead or what they were going to do, it took about an hour and a half in, to run the second. Kobe Jennings come out at one point and he looked at me and he said, well, what's going to go, what's happening here? And I said, um, well, they're in their meeting, you better go and have your two cents worth. And I'm pretty sure Kobe went in there and said, I'm happy to ride because he was very, very confident about this horse and he had a big smile coming back. One ride, him and Nathan Doyle, great mates, and to get the, their biggest win, uh, well, Nathan's biggest win for him was um, a, high, a career highlight for Kobe and probably underutilised just because he's so heavy. Um, we don't get to see him a lot in town, but um, when he gets on the right horse, he can get the job done. It's interesting, fellas, um, when they put the meeting off, um, they couldn't get race three, the 2,200-metre sub-zero underway, um, there was a long delay. The jockeys were on the track and they were having their own little meetings and the, the stewards ended up asking them to do what they call a secret vote or a private vote, which was interesting. Yeah, I think what happened, Maxie, was there was a there was a group of jockeys who who were happy not to ride and things like that and were were ready to go home and there was a, a group that... Um, another group that were, were keen to keep going, but in the end... It, it, after the second race, I think the, that just tipped, tipped the bounce over to the ones who didn't want to ride. And, you know, there was a lot of discussion before the debutante because it was unraced two-year-olds and that they were going to go out there and run on a track that there were concerns about whether they were the right horses to be going out on it, just, just with the inexperience of the field. And then when James McDonald's horse slipped desperately on the turn, went under no pressure at all, that sort of, I think, that sort of um, had a lot of people really, really concerned. James come back and he just said, no, nah, can't, we can't keep going. And, of course, yeah. he's probably one of the leading riders in the country, so that carries a lot more, more weight than uh, uh, some other people's views. I think our, our new chairman of stewards, uh, Josh Adams, who's who's a young chief steward, I think he um, was previously in Rockhampton, he was um, handed over the reins only a couple of months ago, and I must admit that he, he has handled a, couple, handled a couple of high-pressure situations extremely well. You, you saw him there on Saturday, Chris, he didn't get flustered at any point. Everything was changing all of the time, wasn't it? He had to deal with that. And I thought he did a terrific job under the circumstances, you know, um, a baptism, baptism of fire for him, so to speak. There were so many people going in and out of that steward's room and having wanted to have their opinions, but I think Josh just sort of took his time and took a step back and, and worked with, with um, the jockeys who were represented by Larry Cassidy. So they didn't have numerous jockeys going in there. They sort of... Took, took in Larry Cassidy, I think, leads the jockey's room in Brisbane. He, he was the, the one voice that went in there and they handled it really well in the end because sometimes in those situations you get five or six different voices in there and it, it becomes a bit of a debate in the room where it was a debate outside the room and then a view was sought from the jockeys rather than um, five jockeys coming in with all wanting to t say what they thought of the track. So I thought that that worked really well. And then they went up and had a look at the track. So it was, it was just, it was worked through as well as it could be considering the situation. Ray, I'll bring you in here, mate. Um, just so we were chatting before about uh, Steel City and Red Resistance on the back of this uh, Gold Coast uh, debut. And um, I guess that the, the story there of Brett Preble, like Chris mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, look, he, he, he tend to forget 
quite an outstanding world-class jockey Brett Preble is because he spent so many years in Hong Kong and had that tremendous spring carnival in 2021, including the Caulfield Cup, went on incentivised. But he's had a quiet uh, 12 months subsequent to that big spring and he's decided to try his luck in Sydney racing. And you would think he's a brave man given the deep pool of riding talent in Sydney, but he's backing his talent and his experience. And indeed he's going, he spoke to a number of leading trainers and sought their support. He's getting it. Um, There's a winner first up off the the bat with Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott on a promising Colt Red resistance. He rode ringmaster for Michael Friedman, who's, um, really in terrific form at the moment, ringmaster, and so he's got his Sydney um, riding spin off to a flying start. And look, if he can keep riding winners, that's the key of it all. Um, I think it'll be a long-term stay. As for Red Resistance, um, I think Chris's points valid. The inside barrier certainly to advantage, but it was really interesting to note, Dave, at the start. You will notice if you watch the replay, Brett Preble made sure Red Resistance jumped and took advantage of that inside gate, but then very deliberately took hold of the horse again because he's still obviously learning how to race being a young horse and he can tend to go a little hard in his races. And he came back nicely underneath Brett Preble, Steel City, the filly who's had a huge boom on her, settled outside. They drew right away from the rest, um, clearly two above average two-year-olds. And Red Resistance, very leggy colt, um, obviously for a lot of filling out to do, but there's a feeling he'll be better at 14 and 1600 metres. So what he's doing now is a bonus, but he showed a lot of natural talent there on Saturday. Don't dismiss Steel City. She's a promising filly. Just bumped into one a touch better on the day. Mm. We've got some callers on the line, guys. We've got uh, David on the line. Um, g'day, David. Hello, David. Are you Back. there? Um, Thanks, just wondering, Michael, maybe you know... Um, Two years ago, the Golden Slipper member was postponed and they they just ran it on the following Saturday. I'm just wondering why they couldn't have run the Magic Millions on a Saturday, this Saturday. Just It just seems a strange yeah. thing, um, a Thursday, that's all. Yeah, yeah, they had to... Um, there are, uh, are so many things that they had to look at as to where they could slot this meeting in. I think that was considered... Um, there was already a meeting at Doombin, obviously scheduled, but pretty much just an out-of-carnival date, like benchmark racing. It would have been ideal, but I guess um, this was a unique situation with, you know, horses and trainers and jockeys from all over Australia were here on Saturday. They've come for this particular meeting, and then, um, you know, will they be available next week because there's racing? Have they got other commitments because there's racing everywhere else? And then the Brisbane Racing Club would have had to have give up their day to showcase the Gold Coast Magic Millions Day. So there were just so many variables. And I think um, that they've come up with the right decision Thursday. The only other meeting in Queensland is at Rockhampton or in the north of the state. Um, and I think there's only one meeting, Tamworth, that may be in New South Wales. So it just fit in. They're going to have to cop a loss. Um, they have changed the, uh, the order of the races, as I mentioned a little earlier, mainly due to the Channel 7 uh, free-to-air telecast to make sure that they got the main races on before they went off air. So there were so many things, Dave, that they had to consider. And at the end of the day, I think this was, um, you know, the most appealing of dates for them. Um, it, it'll be very interesting, Michael. It'll be very interesting what the crowd's like there. 
Yeah, well, they, they had in excess of 20,000 on Saturday, and I heard Steve Lyons on the radio yesterday saying it is difficult to predict, but they're thinking somewhere between five and 6,000. Now, anybody that had a general admission ticket is allowed to, to turn up free of charge on Thursday, and they'll be given a, a $10 tab betting voucher. So, um, yeah, there's still, I mean, it's still holiday time here on the Gold Coast. There's a lot of people around. So I think they still think they're going to get, you know, um, their target of about five or 6,000 people. Thanks, I think you'll call, find, David. Dave, I think you'll find what happened with the, the, um, the going to a Saturday. There was... A, there was talk of it, but it just couldn't happen because of sponsorship on tracks and things like that. And it is a the Magic Millions is a tab event and um, and a tab sponsored event. And the sponsorship of tracks in Brisbane by the Brisbane Racing Club, they they just didn't want to go there and um, be racing with um, another corporate bookmaker's signs all over the track. So that that played a role in the decision as well. Mm. Thanks for your call, uh, David. Pat's on the line. G'day, Pat. Good morning, boys. Look, uh, that first winner on the Gold Coast is by Divine Profit, right? And Divine Profit's a full brother to Prasia, who threw the winner of the railway stakes in New Zealand for the second year in a row. And they're full brothers. And it's a funny little story, this, because friends of mine had the mare called Profit's Jewel. And she won a few races... But nothing to talk about. Anyway, when they finished racing, the boys didn't want to put it to stud. So one of them bought the others out and put it to Schwarzia. And the first foal was called Prasia, who went on to win a Hawkesbury maiden at his fifth start. He raced in the Cox Plate. Now, not many horses can do that from a Hawkesbury maiden to a Cox Plate. And then he broke down in the Cox Plate. But then along came his full brother is called Divine Prophet, who wins a Caulfield Guineas, a Group 1. Mm. So um, the first winner on Saturday was by Divine Prophet, and the winner in New Zealand, Levante, is by Prasia. So, yeah, just an interesting story how racing can turn out so many uh, unbelievable stories. This is, not Pat, and, uh, this is not Pat from Aquas Farm, are you? He's standing up there for 16500 <laughs> No, Has he got no, a full book this, uh, this upcoming season, Pat? <laughs> listen, I was very happy they ran the first race because I got a share in King Gutho with Joe Cleary. And old King Gutho drew barrier 16 out of 16 and came down the outside fence and run third. One more stride, he run second. But that was a huge run. So I'm glad they ran the first race. Yes, uh, as I'm sure that uh, Cody Morgan and, and the connections were as well. Uh, thanks for your call, Pat. Uh, appreciate that, mate. Always love those little bit of insights. Um, back into Sydney, uh, Ray. There's a text on the text line. Hey, guys, can you ask uh, Ray his thoughts on Kerr Royal on the last? And what about uh, Snapped? Um, I tell you what, uh, Ray, on Punner's panel, and our punters were straight onto it on the text I saw on Saturday. Munsey always will say horses that have never started in Sydney, first time Rose Hill, just open up the bag and let them have as much as they want on because they won't win. And well, he was—he's not always right, Glenn. But I tell you what, geez, he was—he was spot on with Snap. That was another horror show. It was almost a case of what could go wrong did go wrong yes. with Snap. And really interesting post-race day. The stewards even considered lodging a protest on behalf of. Snap's connections against Kerr Royale, but there was an incident at about the 600 metres. I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, Snap 
just lost her position, lost a length and a half, two lengths, and had to regather herself. Kerr Royale actually just crowded, snapped a little, but as the stewards looked at the vision, it was obvious it snapped, who's relatively lightly raced, just overreacted to Kerr Royale shifting, and that exacerbated that, that incident. And then in the straight, um, changed course a couple of times, didn't really get a chance to fully let down. She's been beaten a le- less than a length into third spot. Uh, look, she's a surefire winner for certain. And as for Kerr Royale, that mare's just was working up to a win, was well ridden by John Allen and found the you know, clear galloping room where Snap was still chopping and changing in the straight. That was the difference. The runner-up falls in ran a terrific race under a big weight first up from a mare who generally improves. She goes deeper in the preparation. So... I guess what I'm trying to say, Dave, is the format of that last race is definitely going to hold up all three uh, place getters. Plenty of merit in their performances and, and don't drop off snap. She was desperately unlucky. I tell you what, gee, that would have just added an even more. If that, um, if that vision had have been um, uh, ascertained by stewards as they, they wanted to roll that protest... Mm. Um, gee, that would have added just another little layer, another little story to a weird, yeah, yeah. weird day on race day on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. But for your listeners, they can actually read what the stewards, how they came yes. to that decision, why they didn't press on with the uh, potential of protesting in the stewards' reports, which can be found on Racing New South Wales. Often makes for interesting reading. And often it does explain... Um, you, you often leave a racetrack thinking, what happened there? That had no luck. And then when you read the stewards' report, it can just add a little light to what actually happened, particularly with Snap, because when I think a lot of us were on it in the last, and when she started to go backwards there at about the 600, you know, what 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 was going on? But as it's turned out, being so relatively lightly raced, Dave, she's just overreacted to that shift from Kerr Royale, and, and it certainly looked a lot worse than it actually was. Roger's on the line uh, on uh, Punters Postmortem. G'day, Roger. Hello, mate. How you going? Very good. What's your... I'm just inquiring whether my tickets from Saturday, I don't usually bet like that, but I uh, I had a bet just in um, in Brisbane. I backed the first winner, but will I really have to redo my tickets or will they be valid for next Saturday? As in your tab tickets? Yeah. Um, we'll get the Munzee on the line. They're, they're, there's a rule with this, isn't there, Chris, that... Um, some of them stand so, and some of them don't, or so bets up post final field are, are all refunded. Yep. So if you bet on Saturday morning or or after Wednesday, you'll, all the bets will be refunded, and futures bets will stand because the race meeting is going to be held at the same track within seven days. So mm-hmm. you shouldn't if you if you had them on an account or it sounds like you got tickets in front of you, you can go back down the tab and get your money back for the ones that didn't run and. You'll just have to fill them out again and back them again on on Thursday. Okay, I'll, have to, I'll just have to go down the, the bowling club and re, redo a, them all. Hey, just another <laughs> excuse to get down the bowling club for a few schooners, Roger. <laughs> Mate, Mate, you can, I just back in the first like, winner. You can you can have yes, a couple of schooners as well. Hundred yeah. percent. The the trick is, Roger. The Did tri- I ask you something else? Yeah, well, I was going to say that the, the trick is, though, mate, you've got to hold on to that cash until Thursday now. See, if you you might find something today, tomorrow or Wednesday, that's going to be the trick, holding on when you get the refund. Okay, can I ask you something else? Yes, yes. Why, why, if there's two meetings in Brisbane, mm. half the time the Gold Coast 
meeting is never ever, ever in the paper on the Friday or Saturday. But yesterday, I mean last Saturday, they only had one meeting in the newspaper. It was the Gold Coast. And they That's had another good. meeting. And the only reason you know it's on because it's on the, on the wireless or on the TV. They don't put anything in the paper during the week. So there's so many meetings, meetings around Australia that um, the major Brisbane meeting, so if it's Eagle Farm, Doombin usually, that's the meeting that, that goes in both papers. I think both, pap- both the Telegraph and the Herald run form for that, that meeting, but we don't run form for the provincial meeting as we don't run form for provincial meetings in Victoria. Um, uh, we, we stick to the major meetings and with so many meetings these days on the tab, we've just got to make decisions over space in our papers. So they are available on internet sites and things like that. But unfortunately, we're, we're, we're sort of locked into having Melbourne, Sydney, Adelaide, Adelaide, Perth um, as our main meetings. And then we have, of course, Kembla Grange or Newcastle and all the New South Wales meetings go into the form guide on us on a Friday morning, so well, that's they, the, that's the decision. It's basically because we're in New South Wales, we're New South Wales organisations, and we just can't fit in all the meetings. Yes, okay. All right, brother. Cheers. Thank you very much, Roger. Yeah, and that's the same also in Queensland. You pick up a Queensland paper, you pick up the Courier-Mail, or um, it'll be the, it's the same there. It's, uh, you, you get the, the provincial Queensland meeting, um, you don't get to all the extra meetings, and that's just unfortunately the... The, the way it is. Uh, gents, um, what about this text on the text line here? Um, hi, guys. Could you ask uh, the boys uh, about the two-year-old race and has there been any news that's filtered through in relation to some of these horses and, and concerns about their horses going into Thursday? Well, I don't think anyone's going to come out and say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not too keen on what's happening Thursday. But just from looking at the weather and the track, is, uh, Maxie, have you changed your mind or is it too early to be asking you a question like that? No, I think I'm going to change my mind with the uh, Magic Means two-year-old classic and we've, we've got to remember too, these horses, um, the tracks had closed, they, you know, a lot of them were when we started the meeting, so a lot of these horses were actually at the track on Saturday they had to take them back home probably get a gallop into them yesterday morning, Sunday um, so it, it, it is a change and with two-year-olds you've got them one day and not the next, so hopefully that uh, they all turn up in good order, but I, I originally had Sovereign Fund on top of Empire of Japan Day, but the way that I'm thinking, um, Empire of Japan was so good in the breeders on a heavy eight, really storming home, and I can see him from, from his barrier letting the speed go, and there'll be a lot of speed, a lot of horses getting tired on the rain-affected track on Thursday, that he's going to be the one that's really starting to warm up, and he has proven himself on a rain-affected track. So I think um, I think he, he'll be the, the firmer come Thursday afternoon in the Magic Millions Classic. Yeah, Dave and Maxie, I, I spoke to Peter Snowden yesterday and I think he summed it up well. He said the postponement of the Saturday meeting to Thursday neither advantages or disadvantages anyone because they're all in the same boat. But in relation to the Snowden Stable Sovereign Fund, one of those horses that Maxie is mentioning um, Peter and Paul obviously hoping that this track continues to improve because as was mentioned earlier horses like Russian Conquest and King of Sparta um, King of Sparta was probably a dollar fifty on Saturday morning as it got wetter and wetter he was out the gate and then Peter's worth probably a $51 chance so they're desperate for that track to continue to improve but uh, the bottom line is that most of those two-year-olds would have had a gallop yesterday morning Dave and 
as Peter Snowden said, um, the postponement either advantages or disadvantages anyone. Okay. All right. Uh, Chris? Yeah, the um, Snowden horses, the six Snowden horses all went out to the Gold Coast yesterday morning and had a gallop. If they need another one, they'll go again on Tuesday. I think there's a couple of horses that might have, might wait a couple of days and, and wait to Tuesday to have that final hit out for for um, for them. But that was, a, that was a consideration on Saturday because moving the meeting back to Sunday, and it sounds like a simple thing to do, but all the planning was been to have Peekham on Saturday. To hold them for Sunday is a, a lot different. So the way they've been worked and things like that, by moving back to Wednesday, it gave gave trainers the option to, to gallop them in between times and get, get another gallop into them, which they're going to have to do. So it would have been Sunday and Monday or Tuesday for all those horses that remain in the fields. Maybe the stayers would just be doing a bit of pace work. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, horses to follow, gents, before we wrap up Punters Postmortem this morning. I might come uh, to you here first, Ray Thomas. What are we following out of the meeting at uh, Ramwick? Uh, not Ramwick, uh, Rose Hill on Saturday. Oh, sure. Yeah, look, there's, there's obviously some promising horses to emerge from that meeting, but none more so than Hokkaido. I hope I pronounced that correctly, Dave. Joe Pride's taken over the training and also um, brought into the ownership of his former New Zealand horse, very lightly raced, and that, that was some performance to, to win race five at Rose Hill on Saturday. He was out the back and off the bit chasing some hard-fit, handy Sydney Saturday-class horses, but... Under Cathy O'Hara, he went to the outside and he reeled them in late. A horse who's bred to get over further, that was some performance over 1,300 metres. And indeed, in Joe, Joe Pride's own words, he, this horse has got talent, he's got something, and he's definitely a horse to follow. And if I could, Dave, one out of Kemba, I know it's going a bit out of left field, but I'm not sure if Chris noticed this, but a horse, Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexio train called NASDAQ Dubai, hasn't raced for two years. Only had one start as a two-year-old in the stakes race, ran unplaced. Obviously, he's had a lot of issues, but here he is first up over a 1,000 at Kembla, covering ground, uh, running the trip in 56-66, winning easy down and monstering his rivals. He's a city-class horse, next start for sure, Nasdaq, Dubai, and as I mentioned earlier, Hakado, very impressive at Rose Hill. What about uh, some horses to follow from you, Chris? I'm going to go with Maria Mia. I just thought there was a she had that, she had excuses where she could have been beaten there, and she she got the job done. Joe talking stakes races, and I'm guess going forward now, the, at these next couple of meetings, we'll be looking for those horses that are above average and that can continue on. A lot of horses of finishing their summer campaign, so I think she's one we can follow at the next couple of starts with success and I think Snapped will go back to Melbourne next start and um, I think she's going to step up to 1300 in a group three and hopefully they they say well she got beat in Sydney she's not much good and we get a price Alright and Maxie well you'll be rush hour horses to follow <laughs> <laughs> Well actually um, that trial session at Rose Hill I think there might have been four or five two year old heats uh, Rose Hill, 29th of December. It's already throwing up some nice horses. So you spoke about Red Resistance a little earlier and Steel City came out of that trial session. So did Rush Hour. So did Getty. And I, I, I do think that out of that two-year race on Saturday, um, Getty can probably win next start. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether they turn him out or, or give him another start because he, he did cop interference at the start and very heavy track having his first start. I, I thought he did a really good job there and 
and and enhance that particular trial session that day at Rose Hill. Fantastic. Thank you very much, gentlemen. That has been Punters Postmortem. I had a little chuckle just then. There's a text on the text line. Uh, Dave, is it all? Is it all? Is it at all possible that the tab could tell us what racing surface is in play at Hong Kong tonight? Every betting agency can tell us. Can you please let us know? Um, to that particular caller, I reckon there's a moral there for you. In the seventh, I reckon Huey will win on We Are Hero. It's even money. Get on. It's 9.58, guys. Have a wonderful Monday, and uh, we'll catch you Thursday, Maxi, for the uh, millions. No doubt we'll have plenty of news to filter about this race winning as the week unfolds. And in Sydney, well, uh, Chris and Ray, we've got another big week of New South Wales racing, and we're back on Saturday at uh, Royal Rare. We've got the Carrington Stakes as our listed race over the 1,400 metres, and, uh, of course, not too far away from the country championships kicking off. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks very much, Dave.